welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. My name is Matthew Dawkins, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Dixie Cochran. Hello. And Daniel Lozon. Hi. I felt like you were jumping the gun there. I was. I just... Sorry, are my you, brain isn't working. Are you Dixie as well now? Oh, God, two Dixies. <laughs> <laughs> See you in and the Renegade experiment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cloning myself. No, you don't need any more Dixies. I have... I have... Too too much anxiety to have more of me around. What's your collective noun? Um, I I a a, a goblin, a goblin of Dixies. A goblin of Dixies. I yes. I like that. I see. So yeah, you can make stuff drinkable. A goblet of Dixies. No. No. Goblin. You think you're you're more of a goblin, or yeah. at least many of you equal one goblin. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am. I am. I am part goblin in my day to day life. Oh, okay. Well, that then makes sense. I'm glad you. I'm glad you clarified that for the sake of the listeners. <laughs> so, yeah, we are coming off the back of a few very exciting weeks, uh, as people who regularly listen to our show will know. Uh, Eddie and I were at the UK Games Expo, and then two weeks later, we were running Onyx PathCon. Uh, all of us here on this call and beyond. And uh, between those things, we have been releasing some rather rather large and important games as far as our schedule is concerned, as far mm-hmm. as our fans are concerned. Uh, it has been, has been rather exciting this month of June. And it's not even over yet at time of recording, is it? No, no. Uh, although at time of release it is. Um... Since last week, y'all heard our Pathcast Live episode, and now we're we're here to talk about talk about what it's like a couple weeks on, after yeah. all the all the excitement has you know not died down, but like gone down to like a like a simmer. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so we're in the fallout zone now, and uh, how we deal with that is uh, is ultimately one of the big questions we have to face going into the remainder of the year. You made that sound so ominous. <laughs> yeah, like, how do we live up to the expectations that we've set at OPPCon? Yeah, it may sound ominous, but I have every confidence that we will not only meet, but exceed said expectations. And part okay. of that is because of the crowdfunding campaigns we have planned for the rest of this year. Uh, Tell now- us about them. Well, I, 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 you know what, I, I, I bloody well will. And one of them, one of them is actually, uh, well, somewhat connected, or in fact, strongly connected to one of the big releases we'll be discussing a little further on in this episode. And it's we have another exalted crowdfunding campaign planned for ideally later this year, don't we, Danielle? We do. It's very exciting. Uh, we have Abyssals, which I know a bunch of people have been super excited about. I'm excited about Abyssals. I freaking love Abyssals. Yeah. Our I know nothing about Abyssals, uh, so maybe you could enlighten me. Other than the the name kind of invokes, for me, being a simple meat and potatoes kind of role player. Uh, demons, lots of spikes and fumes, you know, sort of sulfur, brimstone. That's actually more the Infernals bag. Well, in that case, I am very interested. Uh, could maybe between the two of you enlighten this poor wizened old hermit who, who knows nothing <laughs> of the world of Abyssals? Um, so Abyssals are your goth girlfriend um, of the Exalted World, and they are... Uh, empowered by a stolen solar exaltations mm-hmm. by death lords who are really just kind of really powerful ghosts um, in the underworld. Right. Like more powerful than, than they should be, honestly. Um, and the, uh, they essentially empower uh, some abyssals uh, or some exalts uh, and they look a lot like dark solars, uh, in the sense that like a lot of their power sets kind of mimic the solar power set, but make it goth. Okay. Well, so it's like <laughs> a photo negative almost of the, uh, of the solar. Uh, almost. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they're your underworld, uh, bad guy i'm gonna <laughs> say bad guys they're bad guys if you're a, a solar mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but if you're an abyssal, you've got like a job to do. Yeah, I mean, back back when they were kind of the, the the precursor to the world of darkness, so many many years into Exalted's prehistory, um, they, they they were the 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 vampire analog, right? Right. They're they're undead. They're dark. The creatures of darkness. I think. Um, I know that liminals aren't, but I think abyssals are, which has a lot of implications in the setting when it comes to mechanics that other things can use against them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, keep in mind as I'm talking about this, I'm talking about the history of it for the listeners and not about the current manuscript because I have not read it nor seen it. So I'm just talking about what I know of abyssals from essence research and prior playing and stuff. Well, no, never mind the listeners. This is useful for me. <laughs> uh, because because I, I am genuinely, I'm not even playing ignorant for the sake of, of the listeners. I know so little about Exalted, it's, it's shocking. So yeah, that, it's... that is a revelation to me. So yeah, so they are, they are inverse solars, as as D said, and like to the point that their cast marks, the, the, the marks on their forehead, are the same as the solars, only they're like, they're black and they're like dripping blood and they're super gross <laughs> and creepy. Like they are like the the gothist thing mm-hmm. <laughs> probably yeah, in any of our games yeah they're they're super super goth girlfriend yeah so i mean i've i've played one once when we were leading like right around the essence kickstarter mm-hmm. yeah. i did like a short actual play where i was i was in costume and let me tell you putting all that black eyeshadow on my forehead in a circle was not easy every time uh drawing the circle was actually the hard part uh, but you know, no, they are they are very very cool. Their powers are super interesting, and I'm also, as with every uh, spot that we do for Exalted, really excited to see how the team like brings them up for third edition. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially now that we're on the quote unquote kind of once again, like these had evil factions, like the Abyssals and the Infernals and stuff. Um, they they need some changing, a little yeah. bit more even than like you know more than dragon-blooded, a little more than, than Lunars, I think. Uh, but once again, I don't know. That's just what I know during our discussions for developing Essence, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. we talked about obviously how all the splats would be presented in 3E so that Essence would be accurate. <laughs> um, so yeah, so e- even though they are born from something kind of terrible, you you don't have to play them as, you know, evil McBad guy. Yeah. Okay, like how you can play a necromancer in some games, but you're not, like, just straight evil. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, as Danielle said to me on some red lines I received from her recently, necromancy is not evil. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, just because the majority of people who use it are. Right. Uh, um, one... Um, so you mentioned that they have. Uh, we didn't even intend for this episode to be about abyssals, but now I'm very interested. You piqued my <laughs> my interest, uh, and I so rarely veer toward uh, new games with big settings these days mm-hmm. because it sometimes feels a little intimidating to me. Some people really glom onto these things, and good for them. Um, it's I guess part of what attracts me to Exalted Essence is i think ah that looks that feels accessible and now we'll talk about that a little later but uh in terms of abyssals you mention that they have a job to do as it were um what is it that they bring to a game of exalted that uh, that i guess gives them purpose that keeps pushing the plot forward uh, is it a, a sort of sustainable repeatable task uh, that summarizes them as a as a, a playable type or is it more to use a, a reference from chronicles of darkness a sort of promethean a created path of this is these are the beats you have to hit before you reach your conclusion so and i'm probably gonna butcher the shit out of this but no, no, that's uh... fine i mean we're, we're <laughs> spitballing and, and rumoring right now we, yeah it's super rumoring because i haven't had a chance to read the manuscript yet because it hasn't come mm-hmm. to me for approvals um mm-hmm. so it's still like it's over their information um but the death lords have agendas and you as a uh death knight to a death lord mm-hmm. uh need essentially have not have to but 
you you follow your death lord's agenda. Now you can break from that agenda to a certain degree, but you always have kind of the death lord's agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of kind of a revenge theme that goes uh underlies a lot of abyssals um where you've been made as a tool for revenge. Yeah. Right. So um the the job you have to do is kind of this joint you're working for somebody who maybe doesn't have your best interest in mind. Uh you know, you're not you're not just a tool because you're a very expensive tool to make. Yeah. Uh and so you are more precious than, you know, just oh, it's just a tool that I use, but you're still a tool mm-hmm. that the death lords use. Um so there's a little bit of that. Um, and then there's a little bit of, you know, there's the the desire to do your own thing um, that is not completely gone from you. Now, there's a lot about the exaltation of abyssals that kind of wipes away who you used to be. Mm-hmm. You have to um, cast your name away and take on a title, which is why abyssals all have these long, overwrought title names. Yeah, yeah. So you you kind of lose who you used to be, but I think that's part of the drama of being an abyssal because you you don't you cast your name away, but you don't actually give up who you used to be. Yeah. Um, and so there's a struggle, an internal struggle, um, of who you were and who you are now. And there's definitely some. Uh, you know, there's some drama also in the fact that you're a stolen solar exaltation. So people might have, people might recognize your exaltation of who you, who your solar used to be, Mm -hmm. uh, from a past life, but you're not that person anymore. Right. Um, but you still have, uh, you may still have those memories come up in, in your, you know, through your story. Um, of what it, of who you were when you were a solar. So, uh, so there's a lot of like angsty drama that happens around abyssals. Yeah. They're, 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 they're very much anti-heroes if you want them to be, um, you, you, you can of course play them as envoys of the death Lords, especially if you have a group yeah. of all abyssals or mostly abyssals. Yeah. Um, you could be doing different things with that. Clearly. I think that as Danielle was talking, I'm sure you're hearing the vampire, the masquerade parallels. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a wraith in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, with things like I, 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 the term Death Lord. I can't recall if it's in wraith or if it appears in Geist or if it's in both. Um, but it's definitely in one I think of them. It might be in wraith. Yeah, because like yeah, because the the Death Lord. Because once again, at one point, for those who don't know, at one point these settings were supposed to tie into each other. Exalted yeah. was supposed to be the prehistory of, of World of Darkness that got scrapped pre-publication. Um, but like a lot a of it, long, yeah, a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but like there are some elements that you can still kind of see if you mm-hmm. look really hard at Exalted and you look at the various World of Darkness lines. Yeah. Um, and abyssals are almost like vampires. If every single vampire was created by like Cain or an antediluvian, <laughs> right? Mm. They're all just like really good vampires. Okay. They're v- you're you're very strong. Uh, you count as undead when you benefit from it. In, uh, in 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 essence, at least, I'm sure it's going to have a lot more rules in the Abyssals book, right? But yeah. in, in in essence, it's just kind of explained, like, if you benefit from it, you count as undead. So if you want to walk on, like, on the bottom of the ocean or, you know, stop eating, you're, you're fine. <laughs> mm. um, which is very cool. Uh, but yeah, no, there's, there's all kinds of cool plot hooks you can do with, with an Abyssal. Um, because adventuring in the underworld is very much a, a thing you can do in Exalted. It is, it is not difficult for a lot of Exalts to do. Right. Um, so you can have cool underworld adventures. You could almost be like some kind of diplomat between, you know, the underworld and creation and what have you. Uh, you can run back and forth doing things. You can serve your death lord. And of course you can, you know, choose to do the, the anti-hero route that a lot of vampire players do. Where you're like, we are playing Vampire the Masquerade, and yet, I am a good guy, you know? Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to be a good guy. Well, this is, this is all rather 
Fascinating, and it was one of the things we announced at Onyx PathCon uh, to mm-hmm. to get back to the original point. It wasn't the only thing we announced. No. Oh no, not at all. Uh, what what else did we cover? I think we we announced but did not detail at the gates. Yes, we did. Uh, which which I know that Dee say... is excited to detail when we get there. Oh <laughs> yes, my God. I know, yeah, I know we can't say much about it. I mean, I'm excited to detail it as well. It's been mm-hmm. wonderful working on that with you, Danielle. Yeah. And, I, I think the yeah. thing that I have spilled in a couple of places, a couple of different podcasts, is that it is my love letter to uh, JRPGs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely my... comes through uh, in, in the... In the Drafts I have seen, and certainly what I have tried to contribute to mm-hmm. it as well. Uh, but yeah, very much looking forward to see, seeing how that comes together. Yeah, I'm excited too. First, final drafts have come in, and I've, I've got my grubby hands on them. Mm. Woo! So. And yeah, for anyone who's unaware, uh, At the Gates is using the StoryPath Ultra system. Yes. And uh, we spent quite a long time during this convention talking about StoryPath Ultra because we released the brochure yes. uh, during the convention that breaks down StoryPath Ultra. We also, while the convention was on, the they came from the RPG anthology Kickstarter was going, which had the StoryPath Ultra system as an appendix. And mm-hmm. within a week of the convention ending, we released the World Below... Ashcan version, which also had a, a stripped-down StoryPath Ultra in it because it's an Ashcan version. Uh, so, yeah, we are all very excited to be seeing StoryPath Ultra take these different forms. And the the other thing we mentioned, at the gates related, because, again, we can't go too far into detail, mm-hmm. is it is a part of a, a setting, I think that would be the right word, called the Earthbane Cycle. A cinematic universe, if you will. Yes, why not? (laughs) Let's let's say that. A play-o-matic universe? I'm trying to figure out what it would be if it's not cinematic. (laughs) I feel like play-o-matic is a label that would have been on some kind of uh, door-to-door salesman's tools that he was selling. These are are play-o-matic. The minute I said it, I thought of like a 1950s radio. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Because uh, yeah, that is pretty much the the picture I had in my in my head. Um, but anyway, uh, they are a part of the same playmatic universe. Uh, let's see if this catches on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think it will. No, uh, in a way, I hope it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Tune in six months later when everybody's saying, "Oh, in the greater, yeah, yeah. you know, D and D playmatic universe." Yeah, you created a meme. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, the yeah, so the Earthbane cycle, which uh, at this time we're being vague about what is the Earthbane cycle, uh, beyond the fact that uh, the games within it do have connections, but at this time we are not saying what those connections are. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, a rather big thing to announce during the convention because, of course, Onyx Path. I don't think I'm wrong in saying it, is largely associated, at least primarily, with horror. Uh, yes. With World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness. Because we've, we've performed a lot of work, work we're very proud of, on those games in various editions at this point. And so the fact that we're launching the Earthbane cycle, which at this time has very much a fantasy frame around it, mm-hmm. although it's fantasy of different flavours, Mm-hmm. Is is going to be uh, an interesting experiment, a challenge, and it's been refreshing to see the amount of enthusiasm we have received already uh, on our Discord during the convention about games like The World Below, about At the Gates, just on premise alone. Yes, uh, the vague premise that we've delivered. It has uh, already. Th- there's already a buzzing channel on our Discord where people are either discussing what it might be what they're hoping it could be, mm-hmm. or just dissecting what the name could mean. Right. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I uh, jokingly was like, oh, yeah, it's it's kind of a metaphor, but now I need to like include some gates somewhere. They're all over <laughs> the damn place. It's a world full of gates. 
I still yeah, say all it needs is Gates McFadden, and you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's she's Gates. fabulous. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do, I don't think we need Bill Gates. I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good without like uber rich. Could be some kind of uh, capitalistic tyrant lives on a mountain of money. Oh, mm, yes, <laughs> yes, a castle made of coins. Bitcoins, if you will. Bitcoins. So it's an invisible castle. It's an emperor's <laughs> new clothes situation. <laughs> he says, "Look okay. at my castle. I I can't see this castle. It's made of Bitcoin." This this sounds like it's like they they came from at the gates. Oh, like, this God. sounds like <laughs> it's your version. <laughs> this is why people don't hire me to write anymore. I I make everything they came from. I mean, that's definitely not true. Uh, from from my experience uh, of... There are many worse reasons. <laughs> no. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, Matthew worked on some stuff for me for At The Gates and uh, clearly had just come off of working on The World Below. Mm-hmm. And so everything was very, like, uh, people who cast mag- this kind of magic are evil and bad and and everybody shuns them and i'm like yo that's not a thing that's just my natural prejudice towards sorcerers yeah yeah i can tell i've I've, I've never never got on with uh, people who fling fibles i frankly think it's irresponsible Mm, mm -hmm. well yikes yeah (laughs) i mean often it is i've 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 played too many D &D combats where somebody put a fireball in a bad bad place <laughs> like it all sounds like fun, doesn't it? Until it goes in a bad place. Well, no, I'm just saying, like the like range of fireball is huge, like radius yes. of it. It's and like so chain lightning in, like, as well. Yeah, and so if you're in like an inn or something, like don't cast that. No, I mean I suppose <laughs> the clue is in the name, but I would put it to the listeners if you can come up with a benevolent reason for casting the fireball spell. That you have actually lived through. Not this isn't some hypothetical exercise where you're thinking, "Oh, this might happen." And luckily, I, the only spell I've got left is a fireball. One, no, ma- no spellcaster in any fantasy game has their last slot as fireball. It's almost one of the <laughs> first things they fire off, and they're left with you know abjurations and things like that um, that they fail to cast and protect the rest of their party. So, if you can think of a time when you used fireball. And it wasn't to hurt anybody, uh, and it was to help people. Then I would love to hear it in the uh, Onyx Path Discord on the uh, on the Pathcast channel. So that's your challenge, listeners. That's quite a challenge, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think people might say things like, "We were in a wintry environment; we mm-hmm. needed to melt mm-hmm. some ice or something." But that's a bit bland. I want to I want to hear creative ideas for fireballs now. Uh, (laughs) and i'll make a role-playing game stealing all of these ideas yes (laughs) it's fireball the rpg (laughs) it's actually a pretty strong name for an rpg isn't it fireball i I mean i I just think of the overly sweet cinnamon whiskey yeah i was just thinking fireball the rpg i'm like i'm like oh shots we used to do when i was like 21 Mm -hmm. it was a nice whiskey i i I like cinnamon in alcohol. I like cinnamon generally. So I like it too. I think there's better cinnamon whiskeys out there than Fireball. Oh, but most certainly. Me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am even partial to a Jack Daniels cinnamon, uh, which we get over here. And I know Jack Daniels is a you know it's a common person's drink and all that. But I'm a I'm working class. I. I, I'm down I'm with the allowed, people. I'm allowed to drink the working class drink. Yes, of, of JD. Um. So, we we covered Abyssals, we've covered Out the Gates, uh, we have of course uh, also mooted the fact that uh, The World Below Ashcan was coming out, uh, and it now has, and it is absolutely delightful to see, not only again as of time of recording, uh, that even before it's been released in print on demand, it is a silver seller on drive through, which mm-hmm. is... Wonderful. It is genuinely fantastic because we know some people wait until a book is available in print. Yep. And not only that, people have been leaving good ratings for it. It's something I would I'm going to ask listeners to do. I know you probably already have, but if you have bought a copy, it's only four dollars ninety nine. 
and you haven't rated it yet, it will take you less than a minute to do. It's, it's a cause I am hammering because it really does help our our books find audiences. Uh, but for anyone who's unaware, the Ashcan edition of The World Below uh, contains uh, ready-made characters. It contains all the rules you need to play through a scenario, which is included in the back, along with antagonists. It contains the bare-bones, sort of major beats, I suppose is a better way to put it, of the setting and the kind of tone you're aiming for in the world below. Basically, it's a nice, punchy, 50-something page product that introduces you to the game. It's somewhere between uh, what you might call a vertical slice if you're in video gaming mm -hmm. and a jump start because the idea is to present a lot of ideas in a condensed form that makes it accessible and inviting. And yeah, judging by the sales figures and judging by the ratings we've received so far, it seems to be doing the job. But mm -hmm. as ever, we would love to hear your feedback, whether that comes in the form of a review, which is certainly preferable, uh, than just you know shouting out in a corner of the internet that we don't see. But you can always come to the Onyx Path forum or the Onyx Path Discord or the blog and uh, post your comments on one of those things, and I'm sure one of us will engage with you. But, yeah, it wasn't all announcements. I mean, there are other games. There's so many things, aren't there? Well, there was an announcement that you missed. Well, yes, yes, there, there are actually several announcements that I missed. But uh, yes, uh, which one was on your mind, Daniel? Uh, the StoryPath Ultra Core Manual. Yes, mm -hmm. of course. We can't leave StoryPath Ultra yet, can we? No. Uh, so we announced that we were going to be doing a core manual for StoryPath Ultra, which is going to essentially be a setting that is, or a system that is setting agnostic um, and designed for you to take the system and m use it to make your own games. Um, we have ideas for how we're going to present this book, but we have not started writing it at all. Um, Eddie and I have been talking about, well, Eddie and the team, honestly, have been talking about what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Um, and one of the things we want to do is have some chapters that give example, like sub mechanics, um, or extras or, you know, things that you can use, you know, how should this system look when it's for a magic thing? How should it look if it's for sci-fi? How should it, you know, how do we incorporate uh, capital ship combat into, you know, using StoryPath Ultra, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Uh, so I'm, I'm super looking forward to getting that going because I think it'll be lots of fun to noodle uh, how to do mechanics for things that we have not necessarily done yet uh, in any in any of our systems. Yeah. Uh, so, do you know is this is this a book that is uh, currently in development, or is this something that is uh, I guess to be started? It is uh, to be started. We are mm -hmm. uh, we are at the. We, we finished up the pitch phase and we're at the very early uh, figuring out who's handling what. Uh, yeah. This is being led by Eddie, who, as of this recording, is on vacation this week. Uh, mm -hmm. So I imagine when he comes back from vacation, it will get started in uh, full, full force. Wonderful. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, we also, another another damn thing, because we apparently can't stop launching new games, is, uh, <laughs> that, we, uh, that our next uh, crowdfunding campaign, again, as of time of recording, I don't know if it will have started when this episode goes out. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. It, but it we is... could be wrong. Yeah, yeah well, well, what is it? Trinity Continuum Aegis is the farthest back we have taken... The Trinity Continuum so far. How far back? Um, it is, I want to say, Greek history era. Mm -hmm. yes. But I have not, once again, I haven't read it yet. Because sometimes I don't read things until later. Because I mostly edit books. <laughs> this is true. 
but yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, I keep thinking like Assassin's Creed Odyssey is, is, yeah. is where my brain obviously mm-hmm. goes because I love that game and mm-hmm. I love Trinity and I love Assassins. So I'm kind of like, hmm. Yeah, there is definitely crossover, um, at least conceptually. Right. Um, yeah, so there is an episode of our podcast where I interview Lauren, uh, mm-hmm. Lauren Roy, one of our wonderful developers. Uh, where Lauren speaks about Aegis uh, at length. Yes. Uh, you can go back through the archive to find out about that. That's when Aegis was still being written, so there is a possibility there will have been things that have been changed, but if you want the most up-to-date scoops on Aegis, uh, you can find our panels uh, that relate to Trinity and mm-hmm. our announcements and so forth on the Onyx Path YouTube channel. Uh, as well as on our Twitch channel for a while yet. If you subscribe to it, if you've got an Amazon Prime subscription, you can subscribe to our channel for free uh, and uh, find all of those panels from the convention, as well as all the various actual plays that we ran on our channel. Uh, we did, however, run actual plays on other channels too, and so therefore um, some of those games are going to end up on those YouTube channels. It's it, it becomes messy after the fact. It's a lot easier while the thing is live, but I promise you if it was a run on the Onyx Path Twitch channel, it will end up on the Onyx Path YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, that, that's uh, And I know that because they're already there, they're sitting there privately, and it's just up to me to schedule when they're released. <laughs> no. And yeah, I think last, whether it was last year or the year before, I set everything to go live within a matter of a few days. And of course, no one watched the damn things because they just got bombarded with notifications. So in this case, everything, we're releasing a new video a day. And uh, therefore, hopefully, spacing it out means people won't miss what they're interested in. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, the con was, I mentioned, the con wasn't just announcements, and it wasn't just actual plays, it was also an opportunity for us to, well, chat with each other, yes. uh, speak to developers, speak to writers who joined us on panels, and speak to the fans, the customers, the readers, the role players, all of you lovely people who support us on Path by buying our games, maybe even playing them. And I would like to ask, uh, Dixie, did you have a highlight from Onyx Path Con this year? Oh. I know I'm rather putting you on the spot because we didn't, uh, <laughs> we, I didn't plan this question in advance. But, um, yeah, did you have a highlight? I, I, I think I have two. Um, oh. one, one is that I got to play Realms of Pugmire and I always just have fun if I get to play. And the folks <laughs> I played with were wonderful. Um, so that, that, that was with some of the folks over at Dork Tales. And I just mm. gotta shout them out because that was a good time. Uh, but that's, that's, that's a personal highlight. Uh, I think one of my favorite things about the con is just getting to like talk to people who are tuning in in real time. Yeah. Um, get, like getting to actually answer questions and we get, we get questions that are kind of huge and expansive and we get questions that are super detail focused and we answer as many as we can, you know, yeah. we can't answer everything all the time. Sometimes we just don't have an answer. Sometimes we choose not to answer, but for the most part, we definitely did try to make sure that we engaged with every single person who engaged with us. Um, and that's something that I obviously really miss from doing in-person conventions. Yeah, because uh, as you both know, and as anybody who listens to the podcast knows, I can stand at a table and talk for eight hours straight. Like I'm happy if I'm just talking to random people throughout the course of the day, because uh, I'm very, very extroverted. And so being able to do that, it's not quite the same, obviously, because you're not, you know, actually having a conversation with folks. But it's the closest we can do with a virtual convention. And I, I like, you know. I like that. I like being able to tease stuff and tell people stuff and answer questions and just be informative and have a good time and engage with 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 the fans. Yeah, no, uh, me me too, me too. Uh, it's strange. It's one of those things I don't realize I have missed until it happens. Right. And and then I think, oh, you know, it is lovely to have in Q and A's in actual plays where if you've got someone who's enthusiastically following along and commenting on what you're doing it's it's a little like theater that you know that the audience are responding right and when you have been especially during and post pandemic i guess locked away for a fair amount of time 
you you do lose that contact and that awareness of how people feel or how much enjoyment they derive out of what we do. Yeah, I mean there it's there's always something to be said about getting validation for your job, right? Yeah, yeah. Like getting get, or getting validation for your creative works and how people appreciate them. And as much as I I I love our Discord and folks talking there all the time, it's actually been a really helpful tool once again for not having that in-person thing. Mm. Um, but past that, you know, all we can look at half the time is sales data, which isn't especially validating aside from that we get paid, you know. Yeah, but like yeah. as far as having people come up to you at a table and be like, oh, my God, I just played a game of, you know, Beyond the Grave or whatever. And we had the best time and I loved your work. Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's a very different feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so having a, even like little tastes of that is is, is nice. Um, you know, as as creatives, I think a lot of people have different levels of anxiety or imposter syndrome or whatever. And so, you know, have people show up and talk to you and be excited is is helpful. To yeah. everybody. <laughs> yep. yep. So what about you, Danielle? What was your highlight from the con? Um, you know, I uh I really enjoyed running the Storypath Ultra actual play. Mm. Um it was it was tons of fun. It was a really good like well, first of all, uh, the people I picked were tons of fun to play with. Um but also it was like I want to play it more. Like <laughs> it was it was so easy to kind of run uh Storypath Ultra and I had such a great time making the characters for that game. Yeah. That like I want to make more Storypath Ultra characters. Um but yeah, I that game was so much fun that like I I want to run it more. Like maybe get uh some I don't know, do some podcast extra or, you know, go on Twitch later and, and run it a little more. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my, uh, my biggest highlight is running that, but I also really enjoyed, uh, playing an adventure. I got a chance to play, uh, and it was honestly, you know, uh, I had not, like, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with adventure before I developed it. Uh, But then developing adventure was a ton of fun. And so getting a chance to play it with somebody else is running it uh, is also like, sometimes I, I make games and then I run the same, the game. And then I, you know, like you're involved in it, but you don't get to play it very often. Yeah. Uh, So I think that, you know, being able to play it was tons of fun. Mm Mm-hmm. So great. Well, and I, I, I kind of, I th- I'm kind of echoing you here because I think my highlight was running the world below. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first time I'd done so on camera. I've been, I've sort of played around with it in short bursts with some of my local groups, as I like to do with with games I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. And but this was the first time doing it before an audience, and it was a game where we were getting some nice interaction from the gallery, and it was just great fun seeing people who I didn't, who I don't play with in person, who and so who aren't necessarily as familiar with my cues. Uh, the my, I guess my tropes, uh, the things that I tend to Im- input in games, uh, bounce off of some of the ideas in the world below in a very interesting way. And so, yeah, we had a player coming in with very much a D&D attitude. We had someone coming in with a very much a story path attitude. Uh, we had someone who was largely fresh to all of these games uh, that we do. So, yeah, it was uh, an interesting mix and it was a yeah, it was a huge amount of fun. Uh, I believe that's uh, going to be one of the games that does appear on our YouTube channel. So check that out, listeners, if you haven't. Uh, so aware that time is creeping on, and as part of the title of this episode, we did rather make a point to highlight Exalted Essence, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> and with something like forty minutes in, and we've only touched upon it because we've had so much to talk about. Uh, but Exalted Essence has been a massive release for us. Yes. 
we released it in PDF and print on demand. And it is, I again, it's not all about sales ranks, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, as of time of recording, it's a gold seller within a, a what a couple of weeks of release, which mm-hmm. again, nice, very nice to see. Oh, uh, I think we, there was over five hundred copies. I do believe. I I don't know if it's that or if it's basically down to an aggregate um, of, of of sellers and where you are within that. But someone did a breakdown a while back about it, it it being like number of copies sold. It's, it's oh, number okay. of copies sold. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, right, also right. not like free downloads or anything like that. It's mm. somebody right. paid at least a dollar for it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yes, it, it is. It is over five hundred copies in the first couple of weeks, which is great. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah, the feedback we've been getting is wonderful as well. Uh, but I'm going to play the ignorant card here again, I'm afraid. Uh, knowing how aware of this game both of you are, uh, and Dixie, you know, you co-developed it. Um, mm-hmm. I have to confess a certain amount of, of ignorance when it comes to Exalted Essence. And my biggest question is... How exactly do you condense the material from what is it going to be close well, close to ten books ultimately uh, <laughs> of, of playable splats as as we call them and as has recently been dissected on the Onyx Path Discord into a single book and still make it as rich and playable as I guess the larger versions. So from the beginning, that was always the the question. I I remember the look on uh, not the look on, but I guess the 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 tone of voice when I when I kind of told Monica and y'all that I, I wanted to have all all ten exalt types mm. in this game mm-hmm. uh, because yeah, it is a lot. It's it's there's a typical exalted you know fat spot has a ninety thousand word ish charms chapter uh, that I that, that is not an exaggeration. That is what it has. Um, which is why exalted books are are huge. Um, yeah. Charms are a little complicated. Uh, they have a lot of, of 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 fiddly bits, and people who like that freaking love it. Uh, and I don't hold it against them. Uh, the main things that we did was we you know trimmed down a lot of what the various uh like subsplats do. They each have kind of like one basic effect now. Um, as opposed to being kind of a completely different character type. Because, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, like, you know, if you have lunars, there are four types of lunars. Solars, there are five types of solars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and so, like, cutting this down a little bit was helpful. Uh, but I think most of the applause for this has to go to Monica for figuring out universal charms and uh, modes in a way that, like, was suggested, and then she took it and ran with it. Um, so a lot of it is that, like, if every single exalt has, I, I, I always go with Glorious Exalted Bolt as, as the great example. Every exalt can have access to a charm where they fire a projectile at a person, right? Yeah. It just looks different depending on what your exalt type is. So an alchemical, it might be like a laser beam and a solar, it might be a beam of sunlight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then like... I didn't think all that down was was a big deal. Taking out um, a lot of the attributes and skills obviously helps, or not not taking them out but condensing them mm-hmm. uh, was was a, a a super big help for it. Um, and yeah, just just really like streamlining the lore. Like we have some lore in there. We have a a, a basic history of creation, and we have a few of the major locations um, in a in a beautifully written chapter. Uh, but then if people want more lore on places and more lore on their exalt types, the third edition books are still right there, right? And we really leaned on that a lot, it being like, this is mostly a new system for play. It is not a separate edition of the game. Yeah. And so, like, if you want to play a lunar and you want to read all the lunar lore and get super into it, Lunar's Fangs at the Gate is right there. You know, and if you want to play an abyssal, obviously that is forthcoming. <laughs> You'll have more <laughs> abyssal lore very soon. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a lot of what we relied on was making sure that like if people just want to play essence and not learn about all that, like we, we kind of talked about D and D, and a lot of people that pick up the player's guide don't read everything about the Forgotten Realms, right? Yeah. So if you want to just play 
with the the knowledge that's in there, you can. Uh, the other thing that Monica made sure to put in there, which was amazing, is um, a bunch of how to design your own charms, modes, and artifacts. Uh, so that people can take their favorite charms from either past editions or third edition and kind of mold it into the essence way of doing charms. Yeah. So, yeah, like, t like all credit to the team, I came up with what was probably a ridiculous idea, and they made it work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's, that's awesome. Like, uh, Neil Price did most of the narrative and setting part of it, and let me tell you, condensing down Exalted setting is not easy, but luckily he's got you know, now 22 years playing Exalted <laughs> and being a fan to be able to kind of mush it into shape. And he's been writing yeah. on the line for like a decade. And then we have Monica Specka, who's an amazing systems designer who came in and, you know, poked and prodded at it and her home group play tested it forever. Uh, and that's also like just the result of lots of hard work and lots of enthusiasm. Like I, I think they're still playing their original yeah. play test. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't, say too much about like like how the enthusiasm of the entire team helped everybody on that team was excited about that book and i think that i see that a lot with the at the gates team too because i'm 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 in that group mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i'm I, I wasn't in the world below but i've heard people talk about it and i i i cannot overstate enough how like it is such a big deal to have a team that cares about the project they're working on oh yeah and and like is excited about it um, and so that, that was a huge help. And that, that's, that's my early stuff. I know that D has been like taking the book across the finish line. So if you have anything to add to that. Uh, yeah, you go. know, uh, the, honestly, like the care and attention that, that has been put into this book is honestly like astounding. I know like, you know, we will joke. I, I know I've joked in some places about filling in 600 page XXs, um, it, which we, I did. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a big task. It, it was a big task. And, you know, uh, I will remember forever that ventures are on page 151 of the exalted essence book. And that is something no one can ever take from me. Um, Except for maybe like I don't know an aneurysm or some memory loss thing, but anyway, the the whole of it is uh, the that level of you know you may think wow that's a lot of page XXs, but it is in truth for accessibility and the ex level of accessibility of this book where there's a lot of information, there's a lot of stuff going on, there's a lot of mechanics, and while it is a slimmed down version of Exalted, it is still a little complex, which is okay because any place that the, the game may ask you to understand a new mechanic or reference back something, you know, several chapters before, it gives you a pointer to it. Yeah. in a way that I think is extremely helpful to readers. Um, you know, if I'm the kind of reader, which I know a lot of people are, who go, uh, what are my powers? Because I'm playing uh, an Infernal Exalt. So I read the mm -hmm. Infernals, and then I read the Infernals Powers, and I read literally nothing else. Yep. <laughs> I so, am often that person when I play games as a as as a player, especially. You know, it's, yeah. like, mm -hmm. it's like, here's a new game, and I'm like, I'm... I, I do this for a living. I'm just going to read what I need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, so the, the, those references going back are like, Oh, I read my power and I don't, I don't know what adventure is. Oh, but it's on this, it's on page 151. Uh, I don't know what a, you know, whatever this is, uh, but it's on page, you know, 134. Okay, cool. So you, there's pointers in the powers that say like, Oh yeah, here's a term that you probably should have read. Uh, mm. But if you didn't, here it is. Uh, and there's a lot of that. And to the point where I think that it's really helpful for people who, A, you know, only read their own powers or B, you know, need to flip through the book to go find this information, especially if you're using an annotated PDF, you just click on it and it brings you there. Yeah. Um, and that's really helpful. And I know that sometimes, 
you know, a lot of page XXs on a page can feel kind of overwhelming. Like, oh man, there's a lot going on. I've got to reference a lot back. But the intention is to make it easy to go find that information if mm. it's if it's the first time you're reading about that thing because you happen to be reading a charm first instead of the book. There's also the introduction has a really nice, like, if you want to read about your, you know, the character options first, go turn to this page. If you want to read about the cool powers first, turn to this page. If you care about the setting, start here. Um, the introduction kind of tells you where to go depending on what you're looking for, uh, mm -hmm. which I, I really like. Uh, because sometimes I will read an introduction uh, to kind of get a feel for the game and being able to see like, oh, you're telling me, you know, not just what's in each chapter, but like, if I am mostly interested in this one thing, like exactly what page to turn to is kind of cool. Mm. I, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because it's something I'm only now, and it feels silly to say it, but it's only something I'm now... Uh, really cottoning on to the the value of a strong introduction mm -hmm. i think i've worked on so many books at this point where the introduction is just kind of there and I, you know it serves a purpose it will have contents and it will introduce you to the key beats of what's to come right. but a strong introduction is incredibly useful for building hype for acting as a reference tool uh, everyone knows where the introduction is, so it makes it a very easy place to serve as a reference tool as well. Right. And, yeah, you saying that about Exalted Essence it isn't necessarily something I think all listeners will think of, because certainly it's not something I have always thought of. And, yeah, it's something I, I had to put into practice with The World Below. I mentioned it mm -hmm. during Onyx PathCon that... Uh, uh, it was. It's a book that introduces uh, a handful of new terms because it's a new game line, and it's one of those things where you get a bit snow blind as the developer or as an author, and because you've been looking at the same terms for a couple of months or more, they become right. normal to you. Uh, but if you are brand new to this game and you hope that some people playing it will have never played a role playing game before or a role-playing game by Onyx Path, that we will attract new customers, that you do need to make it accessible and interesting and, and well, and pique that interest and make them think, okay, well, I do want to flip straight to the Charms chapter because I'm interested in what my character will be able to do. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we, we get that quite a lot, don't we, when we release books, and the first thing people talk about is elements of the system rather than all that painstaking setting we've spent <laughs> yeah, hours or right. days laboring over. No one cares about the characters in this book. Well, that's not true. But the vocal fans often talk about the system stuff. Yeah. It, in Essence's case there, that's kind of the point. Because mm. uh, all that painstaking setting has been laid down over the past, you know, seven or so years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, for the prior 20 two years that Exalted has existed. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, being able to just, like, not worry as much about some of that, aside from, as I said, we had lots of discussions with Eric and Vance and Elliot and everybody about the presentation of forthcoming splats. Yeah. Um, that was the main thing that we had to, like, make sure we got as, as right as possible. Uh, mm. there, there may be small details that get slightly changed when those books come out, but uh, overall, the, the, the gist of them is what we expect their third edition appearance to be. Yeah. Uh, but it also, in essence, is, is mostly setting. Uh, or not setting, mostly system. Mm. Um, because that's, that's what people tend to bounce off of at Exalted. I don't see many people reading it and going, oh, I don't want to play an epic hero empowered by the gods of creation. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I see people looking at it and going, I don't understand charms. Yes. Yeah. And you have to pick a million of them at character, well, like, I think it's like 15 at character creation. Um, and it's just a lot. And, and also there's so many of them that people get choice paralysis. Yeah. So having, I mean, and even, even in essence, I still get choice paralysis a little bit because I want more than you can take at character creation. Because <laughs> <laughs> to make it more simple, you, you, you take five, right? And like, I'm always like, but can I have six? Can I have one more, please? Now, I will say, you know, I am, I, I am playing a, a personal home game right now 
of it and the rate at which you accrue new powers is actually very quick it's not gated behind levels like a lot like 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 some games are yeah. it's gated behind a a very cool milestone system um and i have already picked up like three or four new things and we're not at essence two yet <laughs> yeah. uh so that's awesome uh and yeah like i i expect people will just talk about the system a lot for essence uh because that's 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 mostly the point of it well so uh, as we've got five minutes left i'm going to throw a couple of questions to to each of you well one one question each and it is a big one because if you if you imagine that there is a new fan listening to this, someone who's interested in Exalted Essence has searched for it on Google, our podcast has come up and they've just waded through everything else we've spoken about. Uh, <laughs> they, I think you mean question... swam delightedly. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, they, they floated on <laughs> in the warm waters. Uh, they are wondering what is there an exalted essence for me what is there about this game that will that will grab me um basically what to you to each of you is this game's strongest selling point knowing that this is subjective uh so let's start with dixie again what do you think is the strongest selling point for exalted essence oh god why are you starting with me um, this is so difficult. It's okay uh, because you co-developed it. <laughs> I just don't think there are the the power level of Exalted is mm. world shattering, and I'm not saying that lightly. Um, you can do things as even the kind of weakest Exalt that the best mortal cannot do. Yeah. Uh, not in a you know, and and also in a completely uh, unique word I was looking for, in a completely unique uh, fantasy setting, very high fantasy. Um, there's so many details to get into once you kind of dive into the world. Like I, I imagine that were I coming across Exalted Essence in the wild, I would be the kind of person who would want to immediately pick up like Lunars or Dragon Blooded or Exigence and go like, what? what is this i want more i want more or the forthcoming across the eight directions is going to be an invaluable book mm. for essence players um because it gives you so much setting that we didn't put as much of in essence but really like if you look at things like obviously i'm, I'm a big fan of sailor moon and she run the and, and the princesses of power uh we also have some other inspirations like thunderbolt fantasy almost anything wuja uh stormlight archive kill six billion demons like there's so many kinds of stories you can tell with essence that you just can't tell if you're not playing at that power level right the 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 power level to you know move mountains there's literally a term where you can move a city <laughs> <laughs> in in i think exigence um but it is not a, a typical thing for RPGs to do. And I think playing as those, you know, the, the like big anime hero who looks different from everybody else in the room <laughs> because they are the main character. Uh, but you're all playing as different versions of the main character. And I think that's fun. And I think that, you know, we talked earlier about us mostly being known for, for horror. And we, we stress, especially in Chronicles of Darkness, we, we stress the, like, the like, personal horror and the street-levelness of it. And you have a lot of that in, in World of Darkness as well. You know, lots of s smaller stories, small intrigues, personal horror. Yes, you're changing things, but it might just be your faction or your city. You are, ch you are, you are changing continents and exalted. It is, it is the opposite of personal horror in that it is, I don't know expansive fantasy <laughs> um but even within that the setting does allow for all of those kinds of games it allows for intrigue it allows for you know romance it allows for war like like full-scale war there are there are charms for that um so so really it's just it's it's such a flexible game within the setting of creation as presented and i think there's just a little something there for everyone personally well, beat that, Danielle. Oh, man. 
Um, well, uh, <laughs> beat, beat, beat me rambling for two and a half minutes. <laughs> trying I don't to know. Get I, I think, I think you hit some, <laughs> some saleable points there, Dixie. So if I were to elevator pitch Exalted Essence, I would say that Exalted Essence is a, uh, remarkably easy to learn game in which you play a variety. So you get to choose between a stunning variety of heroes who have the power to literally save or destroy the world. Uh, so that's that big power level thing that Dixie was talking about. Mm. Um, but, you know, some of its major selling points are that it is, while having a lot of mechanics, those mechanics are extremely easy to grasp they are presented in a way that wants to handhold you through mm. their use um it is designed from the ground up to on-ramp new players into the game mm -hmm. and into the game world in a seamless fashion um it looks at you've never played a game before we want to help you play a game and learn how to play it well. So there's really good advice for playing and running games. There's really good advice for how to uh, buy into a setting, how to engage with the setting in a way that's really accessible to people who have never experienced Exalted before. Yeah. And it is because of its scope it allows you to experience all of essence uh all of exalted in just one book so if you like any part of exalted this book is for you if you like any part of what exalted represents but have no experience with exalted this book is for you mm -hmm. i think one last thing i want to say is that the 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 team that created this book uh, is quite diverse. And one of the things that we said in the back cover text is just a very short, Exalted Essence welcomes everyone. And I guarantee you that you can see yourself in this book and you can make your character however you want to. And I think that's something that a lot of games are starting to do now. You know, it's, it's, it's still a bit of an outlier in the overall scheme of, 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 of RPGs, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, like I am, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very proud of that aspect of it and all kudos to the team again for making that happen. That is wonderful. I think the, uh, if this were an elevator pitch, I hope we're on the Wonkavator because <laughs> I imagine we're entering orbit at this, uh, at this stage, but, but I think those are two wonderful testimonials. Uh, about uh, Exalted Essence, and I do hope they convince some people to to check it out if they've been on the fence or otherwise uh, not interested until now. Uh, last thing I want to add, uh, as well as a big thank you to my co-hosts, because I mentioned right at the start, I find it difficult to sometimes get into big settings, and I do find Exalted Essence appealing as a result of, well, uh, not only what I've read, but also what uh, Dixie and Danielle have to say about it. It's it's wonderful to hear such enthusiasm from people behind a game mm -hmm. uh, who are either actively working on it, who have supported it, who have co-developed it or written on it or whatever the creative input has been. And that certainly seems to be true with, with Essence. So if you have picked up a copy of Exalted Essence... Please, as I mentioned earlier, go on DriveThruRPG and leave a rating. Even better if you leave a review. But a rating is hugely appreciated. It will make someone else who is on the fence check it out because it's currently in the top 10, again, as of time of recording on DriveThru. So you go on there, you look at that product, and some people will look at it and think, what do other customers think? Mm -hmm. And if they see a lot of decent star ratings, then that may tip them over to purchasing a copy. The same applies whether it's for Exalted Essence, the World Below Ashcan edition, any of our tasty bits, basically anything we release. It takes you less than a minute to rate it, and it helps us so much.
So please consider doing that if you can. I also want to make sure people know that as of time of recording, um, this is this 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 window will get narrower and narrower over the next little bit here. <laughs> uh, you can still pre-order the deluxe edition and the storyteller screen and the trad printed hardcover um, yeah. on Backerkit. That is so true. You can still get them. They're limited edition hardcovers, and once they go to press, like once once the 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 limited is being printed, that's the finite number of copies we're gonna have. Um, so it's possible there might be someone like IPR or something in the future at a convention, but as of right now, you still can pre-order them. Uh, Thank you so very much. Check that out. Okay, so Dixie, if people want to find you online, where would they go? Oh gosh. Most most online places are so horrible right now. They uh, are, just, aren't they? Just, <laughs> just hang out with me in the Discord. Okay, I like the Discord. The Discord is curated by by me mostly. Um, <laughs> you can find me in the Discord as Dixie Cyanide pretty much everywhere. Uh, I, I I did get that as my Discord handle. Nobody stole it from me. Um, so go me. Uh, and pretty much anything with with an at symbol. I'm also Dixie Cyanide. I think if anyone had, they would be getting a visit with Cyanide at this point. You've made that name. <laughs> That's been my brand for so long because I was in a band that never went anywhere when I was eighteen that had the name Cyanide in the title or in the name. It's a strong. Uh, it's a strong name. I like it. <laughs> and uh, Danielle, how about your good self? Where would they find you? Oh, don't look for me. Um, I'll be under a rock somewhere. Okay. I... <laughs> you can always find me at daniellelozon.com, which I haven't updated in like a year, so that'll be fun. I should go update that. Uh, also, you can find me on our Onyx Path Discord. Um, <clears throat> I will probably be lurking as I normally do. Uh, you can engage me uh, in the Exalted Essence channel or in the At The Gates or World Below channel, which we now have an At The Gates channel, yay, mm. or the Story Path Ultra channel. Um, I've been monitoring those. I don't necessarily respond uh, to all the questions, but if you have something very specific, uh, I might take it upon myself to respond. So Perfect. And you can find me on MatthewDawkins.com. You can find me on the Onyx Path Discord as Matthew Dawkins. I am hanging around largely the same areas as Danielle, but I, I appear in most channels from time to time. And of course... Coming out in the Essence channel. Learn about it. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, ignorant no longer. I am now an expert just as a result of this hard yeah. one hour. And uh, yeah, I will also be, and I encourage you to be as well, on the Onyx Path blog, theonyxpath.com. We have been doing a lot of previews of upcoming games on Tuesdays and Thursdays, as well as, of course, our regular Monday meeting notes where you get to find out what projects are moving, what we're working on, what we're particularly excited about. So, with all that said, thank you so much to my co-hosts, and thank you very much to the listeners. Many worlds, 